Welcome to episode 18 of the Worship Drummer Podcast. This is John Manna, your host. You are part of a global group of Christian drummers who are continually striving to put the heart before beat. Why? Because we believe that worship is about the work of your hands and heart. Follow along online at worshipdrummer.com or you can always hit me up on Instagram at worshipdrummer. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Well, what is up, Worship Drummer family? This is John Manna. Happy New Year to all of our Worship Drummer family. I hope that you had a great holiday. And uh, I know we were pretty quiet on the podcast towards the end of 2017. It was just because we were super busy to launch and push our WorshipDrummer.pro platform, which is a platform I developed to equip local church drummers globally. And uh, we've seen a great number of you already sign up for Mastering Modern Worship Drumming Course. And uh, it's been fun, real new experience for us. Um, But we want to equip you like never before. And so, uh, again, if you haven't checked it out, check out worshipdrummer.pro. And it's not about being a pro worship drummer at all. Simply, it's our platform where we want to equip you like never before. So check it out. And uh, 2018 brings around a whole new lineup of guests for the Worship Drummer podcast. And to kick 2018 off, I'm so excited to say that this is one of my bucket list guys to have on the podcast. We have Simon Cobbler from Hillsong United. Stick around for a great conversation. But first, I need to let you know that he's generously given us a special promo code for his new line of products called Basil, or as he says, Bazel. And uh, you'll get 10% off. So you got to listen through and uh, we'll let you know how you can get in on that as well. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Hillsong United drummer, Simon Cobbler. So honored to have this incredible opportunity uh, to have a chat with, I can't say my good buddy quite yet, uh, but Simon Cobbler is here with us. We're in a cafe downtown Toronto. And uh, Simon, thanks so much for taking time to meet up today. You're welcome, the honor's mine. And uh, we have a lot of questions to go through. And we'll get to those later, but we just want to, it's not really for me, because I know a bit about you, but for the whole worship drumming community or family that um, will listen to this, really um, just want to get as much out of you as possible so, so people can, can learn and can be inspired and encouraged as well. Um, that's the heart of what Worship Drummer is all about. So, um, we know you as the drummer for Hillsong United, but maybe just talk about your upbringing, where you grew up, and how you started playing drums, which led to eventually Hillsong, I assume. Yeah. Uh, well, my family all got invited to Hillsong Church uh, when I was about seven, and we became Christians pretty quickly, and uh, so essentially was kind of raised in a Christian home. Um, inside Hillsong Church as well in terms of uh, what church we belong to. So right from when uh, I became a Christian, I was involved with Hillsong Church. And uh, my, my desire to learn the drums, I think, came out of attending Hillsong Church uh, and watching the drummers that were playing there. Uh, I was I'm the youngest of three, and my brother and sister had tried to learn different instruments. There was an acoustic guitar in the house, there was a trumpet in the house, there was a flute, a clarinet, 
and so being the youngest my parents were kind of like a bit over having to purchase instruments that would just get dumped yeah. three weeks later and so I remember uh, by I remember having a snare drum with uh, up in the, the attic and my dad was so not into the sound of just paradiddles <laughs> and um, so he, he cut out this piece of thick carpet and put it on the snare drum so I had this beautiful snare drum but I may as well just been playing on the ground because there's this thick bit of carpet perfectly cut out on top but um, then I had to had to save up and I had to contribute half of the costs of my first kit right on because I had to prove to my parents that I was actually keen to learn the drums and uh, so yeah so I started learning the drums on a drum kit probably at about eight or nine wow and um, had a bunch of teachers and was, uh, was right into it and started getting involved in church through playing at the kids' church at Hillsong and, um, and then youth group. We have various age groups. So I was in the youngest age group and then grew up and got into the next age group and then started playing at extension services at Hillsong. So uh, we've got the main campuses and then we've got smaller campuses all across the, the city or uh, even beyond and so I remember uh, I guess anyone that knows United would, would remember Timon the guitarist he and I would drive out an hour and a half out of Sydney to um, another another suburb each weekend and, and for rehearsals during the week and um, so yeah like I've been involved in so many different areas of Hillsong Church drumming predominantly and um, for many years and by about I think it was like 2000 and well I mean I was in the in the youth group and we, everyone's kind of playing with everyone it's not like this band plays this right. and this band plays this like everyone's just rostered on you know what it's like yeah. it's probably the same for most drummers out there playing for churches you just rostered on with different musicians each weekend it's the same for us so I'm playing with different people and eventually get asked to do uh, something for United Upper Coast just something local and um, did that and then uh, one thing led to the next and found myself uh, part of the part of the band working on the album uh, Across the Earth Tear Down the Walls yeah so that was my first I guess official involvement with United and since then I've been making history ever since so question out of what you already said you said like some of the drummers that maybe were already playing in the services that you were taking note of what would be some of their names well definitely Luke Mons yeah (laughs) what a legend Uh, I remember just sweating in my room trying to play his parts and trying to learn his feels and get it all down pat yeah, there was a bunch of guys. There's this guy called Steve Kemsley. Uh, yeah, I can't even remember many others, but I mean, there's a bunch of guys that have come through. Um, there's heaps of influences. Oh, yeah. Um, later on, uh, this guy called Rolf, I'm sure you know. Yeah. He became my teacher of five or six years and wow. probably the biggest influence on my drumming overall. Uh, he was just a machine I mean, everyone knows everyone that's seen him play or heard yeah. him play he's he's out of this world and uh, I learned tons from him a lot of discipline um, 
and he really pushed me to be better than I needed to be to do what I got to do, which I think is which is advice I would pass on to anyone. Wow. Yeah. And complete side note is. I know he's from Norway, is, yep. is and is he back at Hillsong now? Because I've yeah, seen so him like all over Australian. the place. They've got okay. a kid, and uh, they've been living in Norway for a while, and they moved back to Sydney 2017, and I'm not sure if it's for good or just for a period of time. Like, I don't actually know if he knows yet. I think he's kind of, they're just taking it as it comes, but they're loving it in Sydney, and Rolf's drumming a bunch and yeah, really helping out the drummers there, which is so good because he was such an asset when he was around, and so it's great to have him back. Amazing. So, so you grew up at Hillsong. Yep. You start playing. In you said it was about what year that United like you started. I started working with United. Well, I mean, it's hard to say because, as I said, we kind of I did like random things for them here and there, but I guess I became part of the band. Um, when we were riding across the earth, across the I earth. think it's like 2005 uh, or six. Five or six, I would say. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't remember if I was still in school or out of school. Yeah, it's a blur. And so at its inception, let's say at that point, it could have been. It could have been later. I, I'm starting to think maybe. Is that the blue cover like, with all the squares? No. Um, this is going think, too far back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you care to know. <laughs> We can do some Google research it. and we can work it out. Um, so at, at that beginning point, did you know like this would develop and grow into this big thing that we know as Hillsong United today? I don't think any of us spent much time thinking about that. We were all uh, just trying to use what was in our hands and, uh, and just trying to give it everything we had. And we weren't really focused on where we were going to be in X amount of years. We just were like, let's write great music and let's give it everything. And mm. I was no exception. I was, I was stoked to be involved and, <clears throat> and I was most interested in doing a great job and yeah. really enjoying it. So yeah, I don't think I, I had any idea where I'd find myself in 10 years or, uh, or where United would find itself in the same amount of time. Wow. I think we're all, we've so all been really shocked and and really blessed by the, um, the momentum that we've got and the, um, the experiences that we've had, the, the countries that we've been fortunate enough to visit and to the people that we've been able to minister to, so many people across the world. I mean, uh, last year we were in uh, the Middle East for, I believe it's the first time, in places that probably won't open up to, which certainly won't open up to Christian ministries um, years ago and have recently kind of found we found out ways ways to do it as they yeah. relax their position on it so it's, it's been amazing to be in Israel was one of those stops well Israel and uh, after Israel we went to uh, Dubai, Dubai and Bahrain wow just crazy yeah. it was so cool and the people there were just so excited and so enthusiastic and just were passionately seeking God and, and was so you could just tell they were so excited to have a worship night in their hometown yeah. there were a lot of expats there but still their hometown and it was rad really wow. so like 10 years before that this was not even I don't think it was part of the plan yeah. <laughs> and um, what do you think as a drummer prepared you for the 10 years now that have, or 10, 12 years that followed? 
or, or, or did you grow as the Definitely ministry grew as the ministry grew I think we all did uh, I think that um, we we play week in week out at, at church back home and so we're always playing we're always um, we're always living in that realm of of the local church building the local church um, and so I think that yeah we go away for a few weeks at a time and we're we're playing to large audiences in foreign countries which is rad but then the majority of our weeks we're at Hillsong Church with our the same old crew playing at our local church and I think that that just helps to remind us what we're all about and it's it's not like our lives are on the road and our our worlds are stadiums Um, so that's part of it but yeah we we definitely I certainly myself um, wasn't wasn't ready for what it was um, before it happened, but I think I just just learned to be a bit of a um, be flexible, you know, yeah. and, and um, also don't mind a challenge. And so when things became challenging, um, and my responsibilities grew, and um, and the the expectations grew, I was I was welcoming that. Mm. It was a challenge, but I I was excited to overcome to you know to do a good job. Yeah, for sure and as music has evolved in the last 10 years and I know I saw a few questions about that so we might answer it here but we might not fully cover it um, music's evolved and the sound has evolved obviously I think United is at the forefront in leading that way and uh, in on the cutting edge if you want to say how how have you in your drumming changed as the times have changed and, and I know now it's like the SPDSX uh, you know yeah. the sounds all of this stuff uh, how has that journey for you been? That's a difficult question to answer uh, my experience of it is uh, I love music and I love all kinds of music most of us in the band do and so our influences are varied mm. dramatically and uh, we can we can take inspiration from and you know uh, old jazz records right through to modern indie music uh, which I think is I think it's key for United Sound I think that if it was mm. just Ben Tenney writing the album yeah. it would look like X and if it was just Michael Chizit right in the album it would look like Y but I think the fact that we've got Ben Tenney's um, musical taste yeah. and inner creativity and that gets to blend with Michael Chizit's and Dylan's and Joel's and Crocker's and everyone's yeah. that we end up with this amalgamation of everyone's creativity and everyone's interests and influences and everyone's creativity and um, so I think that that's key I think that what you hear is is us you hear the result of us having arguments in the studio about whether this part's cool and whether this is, you know, warranted in this yeah. part. And I, I know there's been so many times where I've fought for drum beats. Sometimes they've, I've managed to win the battle and I've got the drum beat as a part of the song. And sometimes we've been, you know, I've been put in my place and, and it's not that drum beat, it's a different drum beat. And um, I think that us working together and us relying on the Holy Spirit for inspiration mm. uh, means that we have this 
this sound that you're describing as something that's at the forefront yeah. um, or at least you know we'd hope it would be modern and, and fresh we, we always strive to be fresh we don't want to be stale we don't want to be repetitious and doing what we've done or doing what's heard we do want to be creating new sounds and going down new paths of creativity um, and I guess that's how we do it we, we take inspiration from a wide range of sources and we rely on the Holy Spirit for inspiration I know personally myself that um, I, I'm praying all the time that the Holy Spirit's going to give me awesome new creative beats and feels and he's going to help me to provide the, the right sounds mm. for the song that the guys are bringing um, and so I think that's key is yeah, I hope that kind of answers it yeah and how much time do you spend in a day in a week uh, or in a period or a season like experimenting with sounds and technology because I've seen you do some cool stuff on some yeah. videos you know with the uh, <laughs> pads and just looping stuff. I love stuff. that stuff. I don't think I'm necessarily like a geek and, and know the ins and outs of all of it. I certainly rely on the help of engineers around me that do know more of the technical side of things. Uh, I work closely with a guy called Grant Connerman who has been heavily involved in uh, a lot of the, the engineering for United stuff and, um, and especially when it comes to the programmed drums and, and the live recorded drums of late and um, so yeah he and I work together on sounds a lot we use uh, I use a lot of native instruments as a bass and we also both love just conceptualizing something cool and trying to and going and recording it yeah you know, going down a stairwell with random pieces of wood and putting a mic at the top of the stairwell you know like yeah, just yeah. being creative and having fun and so it's, it's a combination of um, software that's available on the market mixed with us having access to a studio and just creating sounds ourselves we manipulate a lot of sounds uh, we work with a lot of uh, analog drum synth stuff and um, so we love it uh, and there's no lack of passion it's just a lack of time I guess <laughs> so I wouldn't say that we spend time every week doing it we go through seasons you know when we're working on an album we're going to spend hours and hours and hours well into the, the early hours of the morning um, working on it trying to get the right sound and both of us are so picky and so a sound is not right for a long time you know? wow and when you're working with analog stuff the, the, the amount of changes you can make minute changes you can spend so long on a sound that is I, we love it it brings us a lot of joy and then when we when we find the right sound for something, it's like. So when you find those sounds and record them on an album, yeah. are they available to purchase or for drummers if they want to reproduce uh, in their own setting? Yeah, it's a good question. It's, um, <laughs> I've kind of held them kind of close to my chest, but uh, he and I have been working on stuff over the last few months and we actually have a, uh, a bunch of sounds that we're trying to work out how to release and make available um, so stay tuned because we're we do really like you and I were having a conversation earlier I I'm I'm really interested in being a better resource to the the drummers out there yeah um, 
that may look to United or may look to Hillsong. Uh, I do really want to help them and resource them as well. Um, it's just trying to work out the ways to do it and find time to do it. But right now, Grant and I are sitting on a bunch of sounds that we're really proud of and that we really want to make available to everyone. Nice. I think it's going to help people uh, achieve a sound that is similar similar to what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're sounds that I use, they're sounds that I love, they're sounds that we've deliberated over for a long time. And so I'm excited to make them available. And I think that I imagine early 2018 some, we're going to work out how to make this Sweet. happen and maybe we'll talk after we press pause yeah. on this <laughs> sure. that's cool um, so from what I gather and I know we've talked a little bit before you're currently living in Paris you're married yep. uh, how long have you been married? married just over two years we celebrated our two year anniversary in October nice. 2017 we did a little trip Rented a car and drove to Luxembourg, I think. Nice. Just out east. Yeah. yeah. Um, married two years to Ashton, Canadian. Canadian. Uh, this is why we're here in Canada right now. Uh, and it's amazing. She's the best person ever. She's... Good answer. She's lovely. And she's so smart. She just graduated, uh, got her master's in international journalism. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. And uh, what led you guys to settle in Paris? Or is that where you first lived after you got married? Or No, so we spent uh, a year and a bit in Sydney, where I'm from, and, uh, and where we met. And we decided, predominantly because she wanted to study, that we would move over there to make it easier for her to study, because she studied in Europe. And... Um, so we moved over there predominantly for that, but also we both wanted to learn French. We both wanted to just enjoy uh, European experience while we could. We don't have kids. We don't have much tying us down. So we wanted to take advantage of that. Sweet. And we're fortunate enough too. I mean, uh, obviously for me, it's critical to be involved with Hillsong Church and it's something that I really love doing and wanted to make sure that I was still able to do. And so we picked our location partly because of the fact that Hillsong Paris was there. And my uh, my mum studied in Hillsong College with the, the lead pastor of Paris, so he's a family oh, wow. friend, and uh, and I, I know a bunch of people from I know a few people from Paris, and have since met so many more amazing people. People over there are unreal. That's awesome. And um, I know probably in about it was the month of November where I first took note. Um, that you've launched your own product yeah and I'm gonna mess up the name so I'm gonna allow you to introduce it okay yeah so for a couple of years I've been working myself on designing bags and cases that are predominantly for musicians and I guess within that mainly for drummers as well and uh, so I started a company called Basal and it's there's about a dozen products mostly uh, hard cases and soft cases for your equipment and they're, they're cases that are designed specifically for the needs that us drummers have um, you know for, for 10 years I've been doing what I do professionally and using a lot of the same equipment for even longer and unfortunately there hasn't been any dedicated cases for things like the metronome or things like um, like I've gotten a little bit more complicated with things like the drum basics where I've put in uh, space for a lot of different yeah. key tools but you know even just as simple as a cable bag 
a bag that's designed for your cables as opposed to just chucking it in your tote bag or in your backpack and having it all messy and cables bending and getting knotted up. So I decided a couple of years ago I wasn't going to wait around for someone to do it because it was frustrating me yeah. that it wasn't available and I decided I'd design some stuff myself. And so me being a little bit of a perfectionist and um, whatever, it took me a long time to get it off the ground because the amount of revisions I went through because I was just unhappy with this or unhappy with that. Um, but yeah, now I'm sitting on a bunch of products that, uh, to be honest, have perfectly met the needs that I have yeah. and the needs that a lot of the people that I work with have, which is, makes me really excited. And yeah, in um, November, December, I launched and made the products available to anyone, just selling online so anyone's yeah. able to ship worldwide. And people have been receiving them and have been sending me great feedback, just saying how happy they are with the quality and, and how happy they are with the whole experience. So, so cool, man. I'm stoked to have something I've been working on for so long out there and finally available and to be getting great feedback. It's, yeah. It's awesome. I have a couple of friends that bought it already and really? they, they are happy. Uh, but that's really <laughs> cool. We're going to post some pictures on the show notes for this podcast for anyone who's curious to see how they look I mean your your Instagram feed is great so how can we actually follow on Instagram yeah so I'm running an Instagram called uh, the life of Basal which is uh, spelt normally <laughs> well see I'm in sure Canada you... I would say basil yeah you can pronounce it however you want I'm not fussy so it's B-A-S-A-L yes that is or Basel because here there's a margarine called Basel oh really B-E-C-E-L oh <laughs> Okay, so it's, it's pronounced closely to the way you pronounce that. But um, again, you can pronounce it however you want. The, the word means foundational and basic, basic and elementary. Yeah. And that's a lot of the vision behind what I'm doing. I'm not trying to start something that is uh, showy and, and uh, something that's loud. It's supposed to be quiet, but high quality and reliable and really making it easier for us musicians to move our gear from A to B and make sure that when we arrive at the venue, our gear's working and yeah. in good nick and, or good condition. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that I think that the, the meaning of the word really uh, epitomizes what I'm yeah. trying to do with it's, the brand. It's genius, I love it. Thanks. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Simon has been so gracious to give all of us 10% off any of the products and it's good till the end of the month. And so here's the promo code. We'll also link it in the show notes, but here it is. The promo code for 10% off is WDrummer10OFF. So that's WDrummer10OFF. And again, the, probably the easiest way is to just check the show notes and uh, you can just click through and it'll apply the promo code automatically good till the end of the month of january thanks for that cobes now let's get ready to hear simon answer some questions that came in from our worship drummer family we'll move over to some questions because we have a ton and so we're gonna let's see we had over 82 people respond um lots of questions about symbols heartbeat symbols why Heartbeat as opposed to any other brand? Yeah. And, um, and I guess just give us a simple rundown of what okay. you're currently using. 
Yeah, so I was introduced to Heartbeat in Vancouver a number of years ago, and I was just shocked with how great it sounded. I, I heard it before I saw it, went up and asked the drummer what he was playing, found myself um, playing a gig where I was able to use his cymbals and play them for myself, then learned that the cymbals were Canadian and the factory was around the corner, uh, the warehouse was around the corner. So I went and met Noel, the guy, and had a great chat and ended up deciding to play Heartbeat and um, have not looked back. Just have not looked back. That's it's cool. been, uh, I've been really happy. Um, they've, they've added lines and they've adapted their cymbal range and um, stuff's grown for them over the last few years. Yeah. But the, a lot of the cymbals I first picked are still cymbals that I'm using now. For example, the raw hi-hats. Um, I use 17-inch crashes uh, and they're perfect. And I still use the first pair I ever got and they are just killer. Um, but yeah, they've got so many great things. They recently released a Jazz Ride. I don't know if you saw it. 24 inch but or something? Yeah, it's, I play a 24 inch Jazz Ride and I got it just before we recorded Wonder. Yeah. Uh, I re received it at the studio where we were recording Wonder. Wow. And Noel was like, you should try this. I was, I was expressing interest, um, but I wasn't sure that the sound bites represented what I was actually after. And he was gracious enough to let me try it. I got it and I was like, my mind is blown. I can't handle how good this is. <laughs> and I was already so happy with my ride that I was playing from them. And uh, anyway, I uh, played the jazz ride on uh, probably most of Wonder and have just sold. It's wow. so good. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I, um, so was introduced to Heartbeat a few years ago. have played Heartbeat for I don't know how many years. It's probably been like five years or something. Yeah, uh, six years. And I'm so happy that they're unreal. Um, it's, it's all about sound. I work closely with my front of house engineer, James, and he and I talk so often about the gear that I'm using, including the cymbals and how they've worked. And he has expressed how happy he is with the sound and how drastic the change was when I was using the cymbals I was using before Heartbeat. Uh, a lot of the frequency would travel into the vocal mics and he'd have a lot of problems yes. uh, trying to filter out those sounds or try to tame the, the sound from the live drums through the vocal mics and that's an issue that is uh, that has become much less of an issue since using Heartbeats. He's really happy wow. and it's allowed, it's allowed us to cope much easier in smaller venues. It's, they work amazing for the, for the studio work. It's, I mean, I'm raving about it, but I'm actually just really happy with it. It's, the amazing. quality is awesome. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, Noel, Noel's a good guy. Oh, you know Noel? Yeah, yeah we've talked awesome a few guy. times, and uh, we got to get him on the podcast, because he used to be a pastor. Really? And yeah, actually I knew that. Yeah, he told me a bit of his story and how... He's such a nice guy. It's, it, he literally views it as a ministry. He does. And the product is great, yeah. and the customer service is top-notch. Yeah. So, Noel, props to you. Uh, another question comes in from Ulysses Drummer. He says, what kind of Pelican case do you use and what are your top five albums of 2017? <laughs> cool. I use a Pelican Storm case. And I think it's an, from memory, it's an I-2750. I can't remember, but it's just a medium-sized rectangular Pelican Storm. I think the Storms are lighter. And um, 
and these days it's full of basal cases which is perfect <laughs> because everything's neatly packed inside there it's good that's cool and top five albums of 2017 top five that's a lot uh, I'll give you a few um, i got to say that Lord's album is outrageously good I can't handle how good it is um, that would be a front runner uh, I this, LCD Sound System's new album. Um, Lana Del Rey. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of albums that have came out in 2017 that are unreal. Um, yeah. I think there's probably going to be a bunch of people that don't like my taste in music. <laughs> I'm sorry to all of you people out there. It's all good. Next question comes in from Frankly I Drum. This is all on Instagram, by the way. What's the best practice method for building endurance for those super long sets uh, on arena tours in the States, for example? Uh, so he's asking... The how, do you last, how do you last the night playing so many songs so, so intensely? Mind over matter. <laughs> I, um, I've started warming up more and more over the last few years because I've found that age has caught up with me and I do need to make sure I'm warm when I hit the drums, which is obvious. I'm sure all of you guys do that. I don't know why it took me so long to learn. But so warming up, warming up is key. And, um, and I think that, I mean, I joke about mind over matter, but I, I think just being determined, it's, it's a, it is a killer long set. Mm. Sometimes it's pushing three hours. Yeah. Um, or maybe not, maybe two and a half, but then you've got uh, sound check and rehearsal and whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's also about playing smart. Uh, so you, you can't be exhausted right before you're going into a song that's gonna exhaust you. Um, and I've made that mistake, I've learned the hard way. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, 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 I think that drummers probably tend to play too loud as it is, most of us. Yeah. And I think that we can conserve energy by being just as enthusiastic, but not using as much energy, not tensing our muscles, not, and it's bad playing anyway, you know, we should be relaxed. So I think that my advice would be learn to retain enthusiasm, but play with less, uh, play with less energy. It sounds contradictory, but it can be done. Yeah, like be loose, relaxed, yeah, yeah. not as rigid yeah. and, and and I, and I say maintain enthusiasm because uh, no one wants to see a drummer that's not moving, but yeah. like you know, moving their wrists. But other than that, they're staying straight as a robot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. right. Uh, next question is from D Todorov. He says, "What's the setup used for running tracks and clicks, and how do you transition uh, between songs, flowing where it's more spontaneous?" Okay, we use Ableton and we have pre-recorded clicks, so we're not using the Ableton click. Um, I control the tracks from a keyboard beside the drums, which runs to a computer beside Tenny on keys. And um, so he's more of the technical side of things, and if stuff goes bad, he actually knows how to deal with it. Whereas for me, I'm just, I'm just controlling um, start, stop, fading, I'm controlling I have isolation over click and cue, band and, oh sorry, click, 
queue and band independently. So that's my control over it. And I have a keen eye on Joel, who most of the time signals to start or stop a song or start a song yeah and dylan our md is also vocal in our ears um, helping with that sort of stuff and yeah so sometimes it's quite fiddly but mm. uh, i guess most of the time it's pretty straightforward nice does that answer the whole question yeah yeah and then spontaneous yeah that covers it oh yeah so yeah that's what i mean i gotta keep a keen eye on joel there's been some frantic uh times where i've tried to find the right key to press or I've tried to find stop or whatever because stuff's changed last minute um, but I like a challenge that's cool uh, next question is T Jimenez underscore 96 what drum heads do you use and do you change them according to the song or do you use them for the full album on a recording okay so he's asking more about what I use in the studio for drum heads yeah in particular. I, um, I use Evans most of the time I'm using an EQ3 batter clear on the kick drum. I've used that for years and years and years and just love it. Uh, and most of the time I'm using G2 coders on the toms. And recently I've started using quite thin heads on the snare, hmm. uh, controlled with a snare, a snare weight or moon gels or whatever. Um, and in the studio I certainly use a variety of skins. Um, it helps that these days we're using two drum kits most of the time so I can have two kits ready to go with different shell configurations different uh, skin configurations and different everything different symbols whatever uh, but yeah I try to have a bunch of snares available when I'm in the studio all with different heads different tuning and obviously different composition wow Sweet. so yeah I, I'm not I'm not I'm like careful about my skin choice but I'm not I certainly am I'm not an expert in terms of knowing the ins and outs of skins and the perfect combination. I'm actively pursuing that that expertise. I really want to be, be excellent in that regard, yeah. but I'm still learning what combinations are going to work well for me with, with what woods and what um, metals and whatever. Uh, and so... I usually take it upon myself in the studio to try a bunch of different sounds out and try different equipment out so that I can learn more and hopefully stumble across something awesome that I'll remember for yeah, next yeah. time. Um, let's see here. A lot of people saying thank you for oh, what you do. Thank uh, Some more simple questions. All right, so here's a, an interesting one. Andres Lima123 asks, when making a drum part for a song, what process do you go through before sitting on the drum kit and playing it out? And when you have to decide between two parts that you made for a song, how do you decide which parts go in or not? Yeah. Uh, so often we'll get shown a skeleton of a song and I'll allow my imagination to run wild and usually there'll be some concepts running through my head and if I if I have paper and a pen or an iPad in front of me I'll try to tap it out really quickly so I don't forget what I've thought um, and I enjoy when I'm able to do that but I'm not always able to do that so typically the next stage will be us working through the song together and uh, unfortunately a lot of the time I have to play something quite basic uh, just to support every other musician learning the chord progression, learning the parts, learning the timing, learning everything. And so it 
it buys me more time to be creative but for me personally often I just am sitting there just waiting for the chance for me to write my parts as opposed to me to just be supporting everyone else but it's it's part of the deal Um, so I'll usually be be playing something pretty straight to begin with and then I get time to be creative and often um, often I get more time to be creative once we've locked in the structure and the tempo and the chord progression excuse me and all of that sort of thing um, at that stage we'll have a demo that I can work to and mm. often I'll work myself uh, for a while I, I usually fill in the blanks in the studio when people are going out to get uh, food or something like that I'll sit on the drums and just run through all the ideas until I'm happy and then I'll James is always with me and he'll record me um, so that I have something to show the guys along with the demo that they last recorded and uh, then we'll work as a t- when I've put my best foot forward we'll work as a team and I get produced by Chislett and Joel and um, basically we, we work on fine tuning the part sometimes it's like it's wrong yeah. sometimes it's right and sometimes it needs to be produced for a while until it's until it is right and uh, do you write parts out or yeah, you I just stuff, memorize them I tap stuff more and more um I think that I have a decent short-term memory, but with drumming, sometimes I um, sometimes I forget the next day. So I, I don't struggle to record a song in the day that I'm, I'm writing yeah. it or the day that I'm working on it. But um, beyond that, yeah, I, I tab stuff out these days so that I can have a, a reminder of how to play the song. And if it's specifically regarding recording, uh, I basically shorthand stuff uh, to to remind myself because it's just about getting the job done right. I'm not, and in that instance, I'm not trying to tab it out so that I can refer to my notes for the next ten years. It's just so that I can correctly record it, and then usually I'll tab out my my parts uh, later on officially so that I have like a proper reference of the the parts. But it's just like every minute is money in um, in the studio you know you're renting a studio you're it's everyone's time as well no one has time to let me sit there and tab out something perfectly it's usually just what is it going to take to be able to memorize this complicated part and I remember scribbling messy messy notes for the song um, Future Marches In uh, the last the last like 30 odd bars of the song it's open and I'm and I'm filling every four or eight bars as a part of the, the feel of the song in that moment. And that was very strategic and the guys were all in the studio. It's actually such a funny story uh, about about what was happening. I think we'll probably, it's another, for another podcast, but um, they, were, they were being quite, uh, what do you call it? Like um, vocal about what they wanted and um, they weren't being specific, but they were being loud about when they wanted to fill and how they wanted to fill, generally speaking. Yeah. And so, uh, for me, it was we did it a couple of times and it wasn't working well. So I quickly tabbed out how many bars, what type of fill, how many bars, what type of fill, how many bars. And it, if you looked at it, it, would it would be chaotic and it would mean nothing. But yeah. it got me through the right. session, and the guys are happy with how it came out. And now since then I've tabbed out exactly what I've done wow but well, do you I think shorthand is tabs <laughs> I again I like we were talking about earlier I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting on them and I really want to resource the, the guys I'd love to to have them out there for me 
believe it or not, one of the biggest hesitations I have is I, I want I want drummers to feel like they have ownership mm. and that they have their inner creativity is, is allowed to be expressed. And I think that fitting a mold is sometimes squashing someone uh, unnecessarily and it's not productive, it's not helpful. And so I know that it's a little bit complex, but my, my opinion is that uh, drummers should be allowed to be creative. And so I'm trying to work out how to, I'm trying to justify releasing tabs that are very specific without going, uh, without saying you have to play the parts like this. I would never say that to anyone, you know. That yeah. the, the way that I've written drums to a song is never perfect. I'm sure someone else out there is going to be able to do a better job. And so I don't want to say if you're going to play a song that I wrote the drums to, you have to do it like this. So I know that it sounds a little bit crazy, but I, I enjoy the fact that drummers interpret what I've written and they get to express it how they want in their, in their um, environment. And so I've written this in a studio and I've played it in a stadium or we play it at church. Yeah. Often we play songs in church every weekend, but we, I don't play it very often in a small hall. I, actually, thankfully, uh, we did a Wonder in the Wild, Wild Tour in 2017 and we got to play really small venues and it was awesome and I reimagined all my parts. It wow. was so much fun. But that's the point that I'm trying to make is by releasing tabs of my staff, I feel like I might box drummers in and go, and, and people might be able to go, no, I saw this is how he plays it, yeah. but that's not what I want. I want I want drummers to go, yeah, that's how he played it, but this actually is probably working better for our church or for mm. my youth group or um, for this environment. That's that's important, and drums carry so much weight in that regard. And if yeah. the drums are just playing the normal parts, I don't think there'll be as much room for anyone else to do anything but exactly the same. And then you've got this big sound not being catered to a small room. Right, I yeah, I know. I get it. And I know a lot of churches use multitracks.com and they probably play to uh, yeah. you know, exactly yeah. what you played. And sometimes that's appropriate. Yeah. I don't think that the parts are, are worthy of being like kicked aside. Like yeah. we've, we've spent hours and hours working on days and days and days and weeks working on these parts and working on producing these songs. So we all believe in, in the song. We all think that it's... We, we've represented the song as best as we can, but I'm just saying that that doesn't mean that it works perfectly for every environment yeah. and for every musician every day of the week. Yeah, no, it's great. Great insight. Another question from G. Holman827. He's asking, what kind of kit snare do you use while recording Wonder? So he has three questions. Let's start with <laughs> okay. that one. Uh, I used... Uh, a CNC that I borrowed from someone um, and it was a, a 22 kick 13 16 toms and uh, 14 by six and a half snare that was used for a bunch of it and um, I also played a Tama that we borrowed from Chad from Switchfoot and uh, and it was surprisingly great sounding nice um, so yeah we used a bunch of different stuff he let me eight snares or something from vintage snares right through to modern snares and so we changed gear a bunch for that album switched from this kit to that kit I think I ended up with three kits and so switched between one or two of them a couple of times nice so they were all set up for at least a few days 
Here's a question from our buddy Dan Perna that we talked yeah. about, the Perns. He said, how do you approach learning and memorizing songs? Kind of touched on it a bit. And what is something that you found to be super important when working creatively with other musicians? Is there one quality or one element of it? Uh, yeah, so we did touch on the first part of it, didn't we? Um, working with other musicians is tricky. You've really got to be... I would recommend trying to heighten your sensitivity to their mood, their feel towards the song. Like what do they want from the song emotionally? Yeah. And that's hard because it's not quantitative, it's qualitative, I think. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's difficult to measure, but I really benefit from having a conversation with the writer and the producer uh, before I'm expected to write the, the perfect part on the drums. So that allows me to get into the right mindset of what they want to achieve because a songwriter might not necessarily have a great drum idea or any drum idea, but they, they often will have a feeling inside them and a, an emotion and a path they want the song to take or a language they want it to speak. And I think that uh, trying to tune in on that with a conversation before you start writing on the drums will help you to clarify even further. Um, sometimes, because I'm just trying to think, that answer I gave might not necessarily be practical enough for someone. I think what helps me is if the songwriter doesn't even necessarily know how to explain what they want, I would sometimes say, like, what words, what single words, adjectives would you use to describe this song in your head? Do you want it to be enthusiastic do you want it to be uplifting do you want it to be um, do you want it to be like strong or do you want it to be mild and, and sensitive like yeah that sort of thing helps me know what sort of things are going to fly and what sort of things cool. I can rule out from the beginning that's great um, another question how often and how long do you practice during a week <laughs> uh, not as often as I wish <laughs> it's difficult in Paris but um, I, I'm drumming a lot. Uh, it's not necessarily practice behind a kit, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm drumming at church services and church events quite a lot. And um, so there's a lot of drumming. Yeah. I'm not, I know that that's not necessarily me, myself in a room. Right. But um, yeah. No worries. Um, I, I try to do as much as I can, but it's been difficult lately because I don't have a drum kit in Paris. So for me, the last eight months have been just drumming live at, at a place. I haven't been able to practice. Wow. <laughs> Craziness. It's unfortunate. I'm scratching for a, a drum kit to practice on. I miss it so bad. I hear you. Um, Josiah Cook underscore asks, how do you style your hair? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't. <laughs> I just find something gooey and rub it through my hair and, and do it. Hope for the best. Maybe he was referencing the, the specific picture I posted. I don't know. <laughs> Here's a good one. Joey Palacios asks, how does the need to be excellent in your craft contribute to the spiritual aspect of worship? directly it uh, is important for us to be giving our best to God and it's in the Bible that we you know we ought to be doing things as if it was for him even if it 
literally was for you, me doing mm. something for you. It's, it's, I should treat that as if I was doing something for Jesus himself. And so giving it the same attention to detail and the same care and the same enthusiasm that I would if I was doing it literally for Jesus. Because, um, because in, to some degree, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, yeah. And so I think that it's important that we give 110% for, um, for everything that we're putting our mind to and our hands to. I think that the, um, the reason why I'm so purposeful and so uh, enthusiastic about what I'm doing and why I try to bring my best is because I have that in my mind that, that God's looking at everything I'm doing yeah. and he instructs me to do it as if I was doing it for Jesus every time. So I want I wanted to be bringing my best, including yeah. with my drumming. Love it. Um, last comment that I'll read from Jared Batson. Okay. He said, I, I don't have a question. I just want to thank Cobes for walking out his call and following the Lord. He's such an what inspiration to me and all worship drummers from the parts he writes to the anointing he brings live. He's the GOAT. Oh. <laughs> He's too kind. Jared, props to you, man. Thanks for the support. But it's true, man. Um, one of the big things that I'm passionate about is putting the heart before beat and that's kind of our motto or our tagline and um, what is one one thing you want to leave with worship drummers in helping them to always remember to put the heart before beat it could be a, something you do to keep your heart in check uh, anything yeah. you want to just impart to them from a spiritual truth standpoint yeah uh, I think it's important to believe in what you're a part of. And I think that it's easy for drummers to do their part. I say it's easy for drummers, it's easy for anyone to just yeah. do their part, but my world is, is predominantly drumming. So it's easy for, we have a, a big responsibility in the band to, to drive it and to take care of the timing and blah, blah, blah. Everything that we have to do, it's a big job, I believe. And a uh, big responsibility and it can, it can consume a lot of your your mind when you're drumming, but what we're doing is about so much more than just the sound. It's also the, or like you're talking about, it's the heart. And that is evident uh, in worship. And it's important that, it's, that we pay attention to that and that we don't neglect that. And I think that it may be easier for a drummer to neglect that because of all the responsibility that's on them when they're sitting on that seat with all that responsibility in their lap. And so there's been times where I've struggled with that and I've tried to work out how to manage my responsibility knowing full well that this is all worship and it's not about me and it's not about the, the success of the, of the song or the service, although it is. Yeah. But we're told in the pre-service meetings and we're told through the message that uh, God looks at the heart and that we're supposed to bring our best and we're, we're, this is all about worship. It's not about perfect music. It's about mm. a heart that's, that's handed over to God and, and, a, and um, a focus on Him. And so we're told, we're told those things and we're reminded those things and we know those things, but we also know that, that we have a lot of responsibility and yeah. no one wants to be in a service where the drummer's out of time or the drums are messing up or the band's just lost the plot. And so it, it is a balance for us. We are serving on a weekend. We're not just worshiping. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's about blending the two and that's difficult. So I think 
for me, and it's probably different for different people, but for me, making sure I'm aware of what the purpose is of that service, what the purpose is of the church in general, what uh, what the standpoint is towards worship um, of, the, of the whole band, making sure that my spirit and, and my mind are aligned with that and that I'm supporting that with my with my service yeah. and um, trying to be trying to make sure that that doesn't get pushed out of my mind and replaced with just what's what I'm responsible for trying to find room for both of those things to be in my mind while I'm bringing my best it's it's difficult to challenge it's taken me you know services and, and uh, it's taken not services it's taken me um, I Take me a while to get there to 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 work out how to do that. It's yeah, difficult, yeah. But um, I think that as a result, I feel more connected to what I'm a part of. I feel mm. more worshipful in what I'm bringing, and I feel was partly responsible for. Ah, uh, uh, that sounds. It might sound a little bit uh, misguided. I'm not. Um, I, I, I serve on a weekend to bring glory to God, yeah. and I want to see the um, I want to see the church worship God and uplift God. And if I see that, I feel uh, a sense of pride that I could that yeah. I can have been involved in. Yeah, that. sure. And it's not that I it's not that I've done anything. I'm just serving God. I'm just doing what He's taught me to do. But I'm I'm happy when that succeeds that's yeah, what I'm trying to say absolutely and so when I'm aware of the purpose and when I'm when I remember the purpose amidst doing what I'm doing the the success is so much sweeter yeah so yeah. it's 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 a good thing to incorporate I think making sure that you understand what's going on and you never forget what you're a part of and trying to make sure that you allow room for that to stay for you to stay mindful of that while you're serving yeah otherwise it becomes very task orientated and it's more of a job and that's not what any worship team wants and that I think that you restrict the success like I was just talking about what success is in that realm it's, it's when the church is just solely focused on God and that the worship is sweet and beautiful um, it's, it's hard to succeed if the team aren't honest in their Approach. Yeah. And so that's why it's critical for us to be, to have, to balance the responsibility and the, the mission of the church and the mission so of the good. service. So good. So there you have it, my conversation with Simon Cobbler. We had great coffee and received great insight from uh, a guy that we look up to so much, a true hero in the Worship Drummer family. And uh, you can check out the show notes, worshipdrummer.com forward slash 018 for episode 18. Again, worshipdrummer.com forward slash 018. And in the show notes, we have a bunch of pictures of all his products, the, the, the bags and soft cases, hard cases. And uh, also, you can find the link with the promo code. And what happens is when you click the link that we'll have there, um, it'll apply the, the 10% discount already. All you have to do is go through the checkout and then you'll see it before you have to put your payment. So um, real easy that way. 
And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope it was insightful, that it inspired you and it encouraged you to continue doing what you do week in and week out as a worship drummer. I'm John Manna, and this is the Worship Drummer Podcast. And always remember, keep the heart before beat.